to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on June 21st, 2015, on the basis of Luke 7, verses 11 through 17. So imagine someone said to you, I am going to dedicate my entire life to just one thing. I am going to spend every single moment of my life preparing to achieve just one single goal. We might think of the basketball player preparing to hit that game-winning shot in the NBA Finals. Or a golfer getting ready and gearing up for the final round of the U.S. Open. For some people, a very select few... That kind of thinking, that kind of mentality pays off, and that kind of dedication is absolutely necessary. But for most of us, for the rest of us, it's probably not a very wise way to approach life, is it? Well, what if that person said that the single moment for which they were going to spend every other moment of their life preparing was the very last one? What if someone said that they were going to dedicate their entire life to getting ready to die? We'd probably consider that to be even more foolish, wouldn't we? We'd probably say that if a person were going to spend that much time thinking about dying, they'd probably miss out on a whole lot of living, right? Well, since it's Father's Day, let's take it even one step further. What if a dad said... I am going to dedicate the precious time that I have with my young children, making sure that they are ready for that very same moment. My most important job as a father is preparing my children to die. Dads, has a thought even remotely close to that ever popped into your head? Getting ready for school? Sure. Getting ready for t-ball? Yes. Getting ready for driving? Getting ready for dating? Yes. And of course, in that exact order, right? Getting ready for college? Getting ready for home ownership? Yes, all of the above. But getting ready to die? We'd probably think that that would be a bit strange and a bit foolish, wouldn't we? In fact, as a society, we kind of go to the opposite end of the spectrum. We prefer not to talk about death at all. In fact, for some strange reason, as I was writing this sermon, the thought kept occurring to me over and over again, is this subject simply too deep, too grim, too morbid for us to be talking about considering our present company? No, rather than than talking about death, we prefer to put it off on the side. We try and convince ourselves that it's something that that we can just brush off, that it's no big deal, that, that we're okay with it, that we can put it off and shrug it off until later. In fact, we end up saying things like, dying is just as normal as being born. Things like, death is just a natural part of life. But in spite of our best efforts, do we really ever buy into that hype? Last weekend, I had the opportunity to spend some time with my extended family as we gathered together to celebrate my grandma's 85th birthday. It was a great time. 
And yet one of my uncles, who's always a bit of a wise guy, decided that he was going to give me a hard time by taking the opportunity to point out that already at age 33, I have more gray hairs popping out of my head than my father does. Yes, somehow at age 58, my father still has a completely full head of completely brown hair. In fact, he's going to be here next week. So if you want to sort of sneak up behind him, you can take a look for yourselves. And I suppose it's a bit silly, and I suppose it's a bit vain, but if I'm being honest with you, I hate that. I hate every one of those gray hairs that is popping out of my head. I hate that aches and pains that used to go away in hours now linger for days. I hate that when I look back at wedding pictures from just nine years ago, I no longer see that same person when I look in the mirror. I hate that every time a birthday rolls around and we make that same old joke about how it's all downhill from here, deep down part of us knows that there's some truth in that. I hate all of it. But you know, as a dad, as a father, there's something that I hate even more. Dads, maybe you've had something like this happen to you. You see, as much as we try and shield our children from the topic of death as if that's even possible in our world. Their ever-observant eyes and ears are picking up on things and their ever-curious minds start to ask questions. And so we try and answer them as well as we can, probably as vaguely as we can. And at some point we have this gut instinct that tells us to say something like, well, don't worry, honey. You're not going to have to think about that or worry about that for a long, long time. Well, I hate that even as the words are coming out of my mouth, something inside is reminding me that I have absolutely no ability to keep that promise. In fact, as this past week has shown us, we can't even keep that promise when we are gathered here in a place like a church. I hate that that fact makes it difficult to even look them in the eye when you say those words. Welcome to life as a dad in a world full of death, right? Dads, it's good that there is this day set aside specifically for honoring us. In fact, the moms in the room can, can maybe forgive me for this, but I think that in our society, considering everything that's going on, a day set aside to honor the important role of fathers is probably more important than the one that does the same thing for mothers. It's good that your children will take an extra opportunity today to say thank you for all that you do. After all, you have given them life. And along the way, you've no doubt given them and taught them many other things. And yet, as much as we don't like to talk about it, as much as we don't want to admit it, when we look at our children, we must also realize we've given them something else. Yes, we've given them life, but we've also given them death. We are the ones who have set them in line in that single file line that includes all of humanity that leads to just one place, a tomb. 
In fact, that's exactly where this procession was headed that day. Why all of this talk about fathers? Well, it's not just because it's Father's Day. It's because in the lesson in front of us this morning, there's a father that plays a very important role in what happens. And that might sound a bit surprising because he's not mentioned by name. He's not even referred to directly. And yet his presence is felt in a very significant way in one single word. That word, widow. You see, there was this funeral procession that was making its way through the city gate of a small village in Israel called Nain. And in that procession, there was a mother who was crying uncontrollable tears. And in a very real way that we can say that it was all the father's fault. He was the reason why she had no one by her side. He was the reason why there was no one there to comfort her. He was the reason why there was no one there to take care of her. She was a widow. He had already died. And in fact, more than that, he was also the reason why the person that she loved the next most in life, her only son, her only consolation when her husband had died, was now dead too. He was stretched out on that bier, all wrapped up, ready for that tomb. Friends, as we look at our children, we must admit that we've not only given them life, we've also given them death. And of course, all of this is true of mothers just as much as it's true of fathers. And yet scripture actually lays special responsibility for this fact on dads. Paul says in Romans that sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. You probably know that comedian Bill Cosby liked to make jokes about being a father. And one time he brought up something that his dad would always say to him when he was a kid. His dad would say, you know, son, I brought you into this world and I can take you right out. And it makes no difference to me because I can make another one that looks just like you. In a much more serious way, of course, all of us must look at our children and admit to ourselves, yes, I brought you into this world. Yes, I gave you life. But it's because of me that one day you'll have to give that life back. And as fathers, we are anything but okay with that. That is anything but normal. That is anything but natural. So is it also hopeless? You know, maybe one of the reasons that we avoid talking about death so much is because in the back of our minds, we think that there's not a whole lot we can do about it. Like when our kids start to say things like, well, my dad can do anything. Deep down, we know that this is the one awful, glaring exception. It sure seemed like a hopeless situation as that funeral procession made its way through the city gates of Nain. At the very front of the procession were what we would call the pallbearers. They were the ones carrying that funeral bier with the young man laid out on top of it. Right behind those pallbearers were the women, which in this, in this case included that mother 
crying those uncontrollable tears. Then finally at the back there were other friends and relatives, mourning with her, mourning for her. It was a very sad, very solemn procession of death. And it sure seemed as though absolutely nothing could stop it. Well, it just so happened that at that very same moment, there was another procession heading in exactly the opposite direction. Jesus had just come from the city called Capernaum, where we heard that last week he had healed a centurion's servant who was ill. And so Jesus also had a large crowd of people who were following him. Two crowds of people headed right toward one another, headed in the opposite direction, like two trains going in opposite directions on the very same track, destined for an inescapable collision. And when those two processions collided, some amazing things started to happen. The very first thing Jesus did when he arrived on the scene was he ordered the tears to stop. He said to this grieving mother, don't cry. She had just lost her only son, and she had no husband to console her. Don't cry. You or I say those words to a grieving mother and it's just some sort of awkward, insensitive comment, probably because we don't know anything better to say. But Jesus orders those tears to stop. Then Jesus orders the procession to stop. He goes over to that buyer that the young man is lying on. He puts his hand on it and immediately the men who are carrying it come to a halt. Have you ever served as a pallbearer for a funeral before? I have just once. It was for my grandpa, the husband of the woman who just turned 85 recently. If you've ever done it before, you know that it's a very solemn responsibility, something that you take very seriously. And I got to say that if, as we were walking from that church out to that cemetery, some strange-looking bearded guy came over and put his hand on the casket that my grandpa was in where there probably would have been punches thrown. And yet Jesus does that very thing. He walks over, puts his hand on that buyer, and the procession stops. Finally, Jesus stops death itself. He simply says, Young man, I say to you, get up the kind of words we might speak to our son as he's lying in bed at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning when we want him to get up and start getting ready for church. Well, just that easily, probably even more easily, Jesus' powerful words have their intended effect. And that young man lying flat on his back sits up and Jesus caps it all off by taking that boy and giving him back to his mom. That seemingly unstoppable procession of death was brought to a screeching halt when it collided with Jesus, the Prince of Life. So, dads, I wanted to show you a picture this morning. It's a picture I came across recently. In it, you can see two men 
one of whom is directing a group of children over to the other man, the other man, of course, being Jesus. One of the reasons I love this picture so much is because it so beautifully describes the work of a pastor. In fact, I should probably have this picture in front of me every single time I'm writing a sermon to remind me of what I'm trying to accomplish. And yet if you're tempted to think that because I'm the only one who's dressed like that guy, I'm the only one whose job this is, we should think again. In fact, it is indisputable fact that you as dads will have far more influence on the faith and spirituality of your children than I could ever hope to have as their pastor. Scripture says that. Social sciences confirm that. In fact, in a very real way, what I am here in this church, you dads are in your homes. And again, of course, all of this is also true of mothers. But again, Scripture places special responsibility for this on us dads. You are the pastor of your family. And as such, far more important than getting them ready for kindergarten or college, getting them ready for dating or for driving, is getting them ready for dying. What choice do we really have? Sure, we gave them life. We also gave them death. And so we'd better give them Jesus. Now, as much as that is very exciting work for us dads, it's also very disheartening at the very same moment, isn't it? How have we been doing at this? Theoretically, I'm supposed to be the expert. I mean, look at me. I'm even dressed for the role. And yet, even on a day like Father's Day, maybe especially on a day like Father's Day, it is so easy to look around and find failure everywhere. One moment totally consumed with trying to make them the best athlete, the best artist, the best musician, the best mathematician that the world has ever seen. The next moment totally consumed with my work, my hobbies, my concerns. In either case, not doing my job, not doing this job. And so dads, as much as it is important to send our children to Jesus, it's just as important that we also bring ourselves to Jesus. As much as we must use the moments we've been given to teach our children how to die, we must also use those very same moments to show our children how to die. Again, this is indisputable fact. Scripture says it. Science proves it, that when it comes to this, do as I say and not as I do is going to get us absolutely nowhere. When they grow up, our children will learn the lessons that we have practiced, not the lessons that we have preached. You see, dads, we too are on that same train. We're standing in that same line, the one that leads to the tomb. And so we must constantly point that train and point that line for a head-on collision with Jesus Christ 
the bringer of life. No matter what our responsibilities, no matter what our workload, no matter how much is on our plate, no matter what the stress or what the distraction, hearing the voice of Jesus simply must be the one thing that we cannot do without. I mean, look at what happens when we do. When we give our children Jesus, when we cling to his life-giving word, when we spend every moment of our lives, including that very last one, holding on to him in faith. Look at what happens. Long after death has done its worst, the very same Jesus who gave our children to us in the first place will one day also give them back. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.